This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. When the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know we got a destination idea for you. Orlando. Just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. That's visitorlando.com for everything you need for an amazing getaway. This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Playing Around. Teddy, how was your weekend? Let's check in for a second. Paige, I'm great. I was in New York. I was in the hometown uh, visiting my vaccinated parents. First time seeing them since the summer. That was certainly cool. Uh, Ate well, as I always do in New York. I never get cheated. And then uh, back Sunday, watching a lot of hoops and a lot of golf. How are you? Pretty good. Um, was it easy or weekend for me? I wasn't working as much, which was nice. So I got to like yesterday, just watch some golf, work out, run. It was like my first day off in a while. So I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, we had <laughs> a lot to keep us entertained as well with the Arnold Palmer Invitational. But it's funny because I was reflecting back on kind of this last year and it's almost a year out from when the world shut down. I remember I was at the player's when literally like shit hit the fan, like Tom Hanks got it, NBA uh, shut down and I flew out, literally flew in and then flew out and then the world changed. It's crazy. It almost feels like that was yesterday and also like eight years ago. I feel like it feels like a long time ago. I'll tell you my story, but I'm curious, were you with the players for fun or were you doing stuff for sponsors or what? Yeah, so I was there for work and so flew in, um, I think it was... Wednesday, they had the whole chain smokers concert and it seemed like nothing was wrong. And then that night, it just like the whole mood completely changed. And the next morning I was talking to my agent. I'm like, we should probably get right. out of Florida right. and like somewhere safe. Like this seems actually pretty serious now and I don't feel comfortable. So like, get me the hell out of here. <laughs> Yeah. So there were a few sort of ground zeros for sports. You know, you were at one and poor Hideki Matsuyama shooting the 63 that got wiped (laughs) off the books. Poor guy. I feel like Madison Square Garden was another for the big East tournament. And then I was at Indianapolis. I was in Indy for the big 10 tournament. And I will never forget that night. Um, 
covering games on on press row. I remember filing a story early where I just went around to the crowd and basically asked people, why are you here? Are you concerned <laughs> at all? I remember I was shaking hands, although even then at that moment I was shaking a hand. I was like, should I be doing this? Yeah. So I remember thinking about that and I remember talking to people and, and they were saying, well, we're not going to let this change how we live our lives. Oh, yes, it will. <laughs> But um, here's the the crazy part. So Nebraska is playing against Indiana and Fred Hoiberg is the Nebraska coach. And all of a sudden, like he falls ill. He looks like, you know, white as a ghost. He has to leave the court during the game. I happen to be friends with the associate head coach, Armand Gates, um, who is slathering his hands in sanitizer. This is all going on during the game. We're all looking around, all of us media members, like what's happening in this world? The game ends and we want to talk to the Nebraska players and they say, you can't, they are being quarantined in the locker room. And again, we're all looking at each other like, holy shit. So um, we go back to the gym the next day and I think it was Michigan against Illinois and they pull the players off the court and it's over. And we just start driving back to Chicago. And it it, it did have a bit of a nine 11 feel sort of like, the world is changing, and um, what's next? At that point, here's what I remember thinking, Paige. Like three days earlier, when somebody had written, hey, maybe they're going to cancel the NCAA tournament, it was like, you idiot, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And then in the span of just three days, it was like, of course they can't play the NCAA tournament. What are you, what, what are you thinking about? So that's how quick shit changed. I know, because I remember I was at a couple tournaments right before the players, and it seemed normal, and I didn't even have any hesitation of flying to Florida. And I remember seeing like very little people, like even wearing masks on the plane. And it was, it was almost like, why are they doing that? This is so weird. Like they're overreacting. This isn't a big deal. And then it was literally within like an hour, everyone took it completely serious, but it's, it's, I don't know if everyone thought it would turn into what it's been. No way. <laughs> it's no crazy. I had no way. idea. I thought it would maybe just be like a week or two. I remember even talking right. about the Masters. People were saying they were going to cancel the Masters. And we're like, why would you cancel the Masters? And especially with golf being like an outdoor sport, like I felt like no one even thought like this is what it would turn into. But it, it's crazy to think about, and especially with like the players coming up again. And, you know, there will be fans there and it's a little bit different. But it's, it's, I mean, it's been, I guess, a good progression because at least there are fans starting to be at events now yeah a couple last things so in early march uh i went to a bachelor party of my future brother-in-law and and here's what's weird about the trip i remember landing in LaGuardia, and it was empty there's literally nobody at baggage (laughs) claim so we already knew that that stuff was strange yeah we go out that night in manhattan and we were in four different places fully packed breathing on each other (laughs) at a big italian restaurant family style. I'm like eating off people's plates. Like it yeah. somehow didn't even occur to us at that point that maybe we shouldn't be like all over each other. It's the strangest thing. And then you mentioned the masters and, and that was where I was in denial as well. Cause I said two things. I'm like, it's outdoors in Georgia where it's warmer and it's the, it's the masters. They figure out everything, you know? So that was my last, when that one got postponed, that was my moment of, oh my God, this thing is real and it's not going away anytime soon. It just made me realize how gross I was. And <laughs> I remember like being in college and playing beer pong and you would literally like throw the ball, it would miss and it would roll on this like gross, like frat floor. And then you just pick the yep. ball up, 
Yeah, throw it in some water and then throw it again. And then you drink the beer from like gross ping pong balls. Like, can you imagine even like doing that now? I don't know how we even thought about that before. Or like you were saying, just like eating off of people's plates or like shaking hands and like not using sanitizer. And it's like, right. we are some nasty motherfuckers. Like that is disgusting. We are disgusting. <laughs> we call that the good old days. <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> and now I, I, I met our boss, Len Mead on Friday in Jersey city. And he was all about the elbow bump. I mean, yeah. I'm willing to like roll the dice a little bit and I give the fist bump normally, but still some people are still doing the elbow bump, man. I don't think Len's ever going to be playing beer pong with that nasty ass ping pong ball. No, that's it, weird. It's like always the awkward. Do you like shake hands? Do you elbow bump? Do you fist bump? There are some things that I think quarantine has helped. Like I do like wearing a mask on a plane. That makes me feel a lot better. I like the fact that people like like actually wipe their seats down because planes are yes. disgusting. Like so, so there's certain things that have, are positive that have come out of this. But I just hope again it gets a little bit more back to normal. Quick question: Are you a hugger? Are, are you? When you greet somebody you're kind of friendly with, what's your preferred greeting? I always go for a hug just because it's like that awkward. Do you go for the handshake? Do you go for the hug? So I always just kind of go for the hug first. Mm. Um, or if I'm, you know, not too familiar with them, I will just stick my hand out right away. Because I I get so uncomfortable not knowing what to do. Yes. Like that gives me so much social anxiety, like greeting people. I don't know how guys can do like their full handshakes and you know, the, the bro fist, hug? but I, the, I, yeah, I yeah. don't get that. I like like that hug. gives me anxiety. So I mm. really just try to be, you know, aggressive with it and either stick my hand out of like, Oh, let's go for the hug before. Cause I hate when it's that like awkward, mm. you know, dodging arms or going for the hug and it's not, and it's a handshake. And it's, I had that with um, Derek Jeter at his tournament. We always have this very awkward, is it a hug? Is it a handshake? And so, uh, you know, sometimes he'll go for the hug and then he like kind of overthinks it and then he like sticks the hand out. Oh. And I remember he did it once where I he went for the, he, his arms went up. He was ready for the hug yep. and I was ready for the hug. This is like my fourth time sure. that I've met him. So I was pr- pretty familiar with him. And then right as we're both leaning in, he like sticks his hand into me and I like kind of lean into his hand and it, it was just like the most uncomfortable, uh. awkward, like, hug handshake of all time so with him i always just you know stick him with the hand and we don't even have to deal with the the awkwardness of that greeting yeah i stick out my arms super early now to make it clear <laughs> i i'm generally a hugger although the worst hug i ever had was i'd written something something nice about a baseball player for the white Sox named mike caruso and he wanted to thank me for it and like all the guys are right around so he's like hey man thanks for the story and like he goes in for the hug. It's like, I don't want to hug a baseball player. <laughs> this is terrible. But I don't want to diss him either. You're just trapped at that moment. Yeah, I've got to work on that. So maybe maybe the elbow bump will, is the way to go moving forward. But Teddy, yeah. oh my gosh. Can we just get into the Arnold Palmer Invitational? Because it was bananas. <laughs> insane. And you said something last night to me that really... <laughs> Rub me the yes. way. You're a Bryson DeChambeau fan. Explain yourself. Here's how it goes, Paige. So it's 2015, <laughs> and I'm covering the USAM at Olympia Fields. And I guess I hadn't done much research or not much, not that much had been written about Bryson at that point. And I see this guy, and he's in this Ben Hogan hat. And I remember describing him as a strapping 6'1, 190 pounder, which is adorable. <laughs> 50 pounds ago, he was strapping. 
And, you know, at that point, I'm covering amateur golf. I don't really know any of these guys. I'm just looking for a good story. And did Bryson ever deliver a good story? I'm like, this is the most unusual player I've ever heard of. So he's talking about how, you know, his three iron and his wedges are all built to the sixth iron, six iron specification. Okay, I thought that was really cool. So then check this out. I said, and the night before he plays, the Shambo uses water and Epsom salts to remove the slightly flawed tailor-made golf balls that are more than 16 milligrams out of balance. Quote, one yard can be the difference between being in the fairway and the rough. Okay, that's pretty entertaining. And then you would like this quote, given your, I think, positivity for individuality. He said, there are a lot of ways to play this game. Be yourself. All right. So I have been in on the Bryson camp ever since 2015. And maybe some of it's bullshit. Um, but he's got me fooled. I think he he came across as very smart, very thoughtful. He dominated this event. He won this final match seven and six. That was pretty good. So ever since then, I've been like, I'm in on this guy. Here's my thing with Bryson. So I respect him as a golfer. I think he is incredible. I love the fact that he is unique and he does what he wants to do unapologetically. I love that. I also really respect his work ethic. He dedicates his whole life to what he does. But I'm still annoyed by him. There is just something about him that is annoying. And it's not that I hate the guy or even that I dislike him. I just find him annoying. (laughs) I find him disingenuous, especially, you know, when he won the event. And the first thing he did was thank all of his sponsors. And I hated the Tiger name drop. If that was such a special moment... Wouldn't you want to keep that to yourself? Why do you have to tell everyone? And the way he worked the story, and it wasn't like Tiger gave me all these positive words. He, Bryson flat out said, I told Tiger to keep going, and that motivated me. I'm like, so you motivated yourself (laughs) by giving Tiger a pep talk? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Like, I just feel like when he's talking, he's like acting. You know, it's like when you watch like a bad actor and they're trying to be so emotional and trying to make it, you know, very impactful and it comes across fake. He is just a bit of a phony to me. And I would love if he leaned into being this villain. Mm. I like Patrick Reed because he is that. He knows he's a dick and he owns it. And same with Brooks. Like, he's a bit of a bully at times and he owns it. And I love that. I feel like Bryson is confused with what his brand is and he always talks about his brand. It's always about his brand, always about his brand. It's like, who is Bryson as a person? I don't know who he is at all. And that's where I find him a bit annoying. So uh, I totally understand that. I hated uh, the sponsorship thing. I feel like if there's going to be like a 14 club limit in the bag, there should be a post round uh, limit to how many sponsors you can mention. (laughs) I'm going to say right now it should be three. You get three and that's it. Then move on. Nobody wants it's not like an accepted speech where you're thanking your agent and everyone who's ever, you know, your fourth grade uh, drama teacher. We don't we don't care. Yeah. Um, Eamon Lynch with a great tweet. Somewhere in Augusta, Chairman Ridley is drafting a sternly worded memo to players about not reciting a litany, litany of sponsors if they find themselves <laughs> sitting next to him in Butler Cabin next month. I thought that was very good. The thing with Bryson is, and why I still like him so much, is you can't take your eyes off him when he's on the golf course. Yeah, He has single-handedly turned the sixth hole of Bay Hill into one of the most interesting par fives on the PGA Tour. 
Uh, I loved his reaction when he cleared it Saturday. I love the fact that he did it again Sunday, had the balls to step up and rip that shot again. Maybe he didn't know that Rory had put two in the water. Rory's known in golf as a pretty good driver, and yet Bryson stepped up and one-upped him. Um, I also kind of like that Bryson, uh, you know, he can be a little whiny when he said worst bunkers on tour right here after he got that, that fried egg lie on 11. I mean, look, like to me right now, he has the status of when Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds, uh, you know, were in their peak steroid glory <laughs> and you wouldn't leave your seat or go to the bathroom when they were up at the bat, you know, when they were up at the plate because you had to see what was going to happen. And that's where he is right now. And not all, not necessarily always just off the tee, off the tee in addition to sometimes, you know, when he's, I think, on the right of the fairway on number nine and he's buried down and he like grunts and muscles it onto the green. So to me, he is must watch right now. There's probably some bullshit there, but I'm willing to deal with that for the entertainment value. I agree with that. I mean, regardless if you like him or you don't like him, he's really great for golf and he gives us so much content, which is great for, (laughs) you know, what we do. And he's interesting. And for sure, I like that. But again, I just find him annoying. He's not charismatic. You look at someone like a Jordan Spieth, you want to root for that guy. You look at someone like Tiger, even if you don't like everything about Tiger, girls want to be with him. Guys want to be him. You don't look at Bryson and guys are like, do I really want to be Bryson DeChambeau? N- no, <laughs> I don't. There's just something like a little off about sure. him. But then you see him on the sixth hole on Saturday and that felt genuine to me. Right. That was awesome. I love the fact that he turned it into something where he hit that drive. The crowd went <laughs> wild and he threw his hands up uh, in like uh, victory. That was such an awesome moment. And I wish that was, there was more of that. He does things that I'm like, maybe, maybe I do like Bryson. Maybe he's not as bad as I think. And then he'll come around and do something again. You're like, man, this guy's a douchebag. It's just like, there's always this constant like push and pull of him you know, I think trying to be his self. And then he's like, no, 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 it's the brand, it's brand. It's like, I just wish he would just be himself all the time and not worry so much about, I guess, whatever people think of him. I don't know really what it is and why he rubs people the wrong way. But again, there's just, there's something annoying about him. (laughs) He's in an interesting mix. He's kind of a physics nerd, but then he's got the John Daly rip it and grip it element. I mean, he's a mix of all these different things, you know, like Bryson DeChambeau. So I guess you could say he's kind of one of the bros in terms of, you know, bomb and gouge. But again, then everything is, you know, his annoying books on the green where, you know, he's flipping through and down well, grain so or up grain. So that, that I hate. Me. That like, we can... I- that you and I will always agree on. When he took like yeah, four minutes to hit a putt last year, come on, dude unacceptable people are watching you don't do that a hundred percent like there's just again there's just little things that just bother me and i will say too i don't think the commentate commentators do him any favors like the way they talk about bryson i think that bothers me the most because they're constantly saying he's changing the game he's a pioneer he's doing this he's doing that bryson this oh hell bryson bryson's the best and it's just like shut the fuck up seriously Shut up. But he is changing the game. What, what, what's your point there? really, though, he's not the first player in golf who's ever worked out or hit it a little bit farther. Look at when Tiger Woods came on the scene. Okay. He was hitting it so much farther than everyone else. They talk about Bryson as if he is like a Tiger Woods. 
I think he needs to win more majors, win more tournaments, be more consistent, and then you can talk about him that way. On Saturday, on the sixth hole, who drove it almost as far that day? Rory McIlroy. No one talked about Rory. No one talked about the drive. You know what I'm saying? Or there's people like a Matt Wolf who hits it as far as Bryson, probably a little bit farther in the U.S. Open. Matt Wolf was out driving Bryson. Again, it's the way that these commentators always talk about him and, you know, make him out to be just this, the greatest of all time almost. And it's like he hasn't proved himself enough to earn that title and he hasn't done anything that is so groundbreaking. Yes, he's put on some weight and he like worked out, but that's not the first time an athlete has ever done that in their lifetime. Like, Come on. Like, what are they talking about? And now, do you have some intel that the guys on tour are not fans of his? Do you, do you know one way or the other? I will plead the fifth on that one, oh. and I will not answer that question. It's going to be in the bonus cut, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a polarizing figure. And again, whether you like him or you dislike him, he's good for golf. But I don't think anyone was rooting for him on Sunday to win. Well, um, my picks were awful this week, but I did get Bryson mid-round at minus 140 to win. So I was rooting for him on that that back nine. Very happy that he uh, took it down. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. 
So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Let's get it. Can't stop me. I'm a champion. I'm a champion. I'm a champion. Can't stop me. I'm a champion. I'm a champion. I'm a champion. You can't stop me. I'm a champion. Well, I'm a big Lee Westwood fan. I mean, he is the man. I I love him. Yeah. So I got to ask you a question, though. Did Lee Westwood choke? So he is known. He's had a great career. And I don't, I, it bothers me when people say that Lee Westwood has choked. He was a former number one. He's won so many tournaments, but he's probably the best player in the world without a major win. And so people always kind of go back to that. And again, people were saying on Sunday, Lee Westwood couldn't close it out and he choked. I personally don't think that he choked. It's a very difficult golf course. Yes, he should have made the birdie on 16. That was the one hole that he probably wants to take back. But he had a lot of really great par saves that he could have also missed. Yes. So again, you can go back and forth. But I want to hear your perspective on that. I don't think he choked because he did what Lee Westwood does. I mean, he (laughs) hit it beautifully. Um, He had a solid final round. He just there with him. You just see it. He's got the eight footer. It's a huge putt and he, you know, it's, it's left edge and it just not enough oomph and it falls off to the right. He didn't choke because this is what he's been doing in the States for the last 20 years. I mean, he has a glorious record in Europe. Um, You know, he's kind of like that Colin Montgomery guy who is like the best in Europe so many years and just kills it on the Ryder Cup team and just doesn't win in the States very often and doesn't win majors. Um, I was thrilled to see how he finished up on 18. The fact that he was able to make par from that divot. I think we'll probably be talking divots in a few seconds. Uh, He's a really nice man, but like if you had, you know, every dollar that you owned and we're putting it on a golfer to win an important event, I don't know if he'd rank in the top 100. He just, there's a little something missing there. I don't know if it's killer instinct or just something registers on those big putts. And he just doesn't quite have that hot blood coursing through to make those putts. One of my favorite moments on Sunday was on the sixth hole where Bryson obviously hit his Bryson-like tee shot. And then Lee Westwood steps up, clears the water, and just throws his hands up and mocked him a little bit. And I thought that was pretty funny. And even on number 18, when Bryson stepped off of his par putts, the whole crowd was booing and they pan over to Lee Westwood and he just has the biggest smile on his face. (laughs) I feel like Lee Westwood was all of us in that moment. And it's fun to see, you know, the guy just be more like us, feel more relatable. And it is true. Like, you know, you can think about the two relatively short putts he missed, or you can think about the one he made from the fringe. You know, I mean, he definitely clutched up at times. Oh, it's just, he's just not quite there to to be that good. And to never have won a major is, uh, is startling, but a classy guy, a guy you'd want to hang out with great sense of humor. 
all that good stuff. Teddy. So another, another thing <laughs> Are you, you mad said, at me again? Another thing you said last night. <laughs> not only did you say you're a Bryson fan, but you think that you should not get free drops from Divot. So Lee Westwood on so on number 18 lee westwood hit a great drive it ended up rolling into a divot and i have said this before i think that you should get free drops from divots a lot of people have agreed with me and you you don't agree with me and i need to know why and please don't tell me that your reason is that it's just a part of the game and you get bad breaks and you know because if that's the case then let's take rakes out of the bunker let's not fix ball marks let's not mark our balls if we're gonna play the game Mm. as it is then let's play the game as it is you can't pick and choose what's good and what's bad if you're in the fairway you are rewarded for a good shot you should not get a you should get a free drop from a divot no (laughs) rub of the green is what you're talking about you have to work on your your teddy impression that was really that was a really weak effort right i think i nailed it i don't think so um so Look, here's the problem with saying you get free relief from the fairway. You know what I don't like seeing when I'm watching a golf event? I don't like seeing the guy, the uh, rules guy hustling on with the earpiece and then a five-minute discussion, and then we got driver length and this and that. It's slow enough already, okay? And how are we going to determine if it's in a partial divot or a full divot? Or, oh, that was a divot from two days ago. Oh, let's talk about that. Let's have another five-minute discussion. Just hit the damn ball. I mean, look, Lee Westwood hit that puppy right on the green. He hit the 18th green, and I would bet you most of the field did not get a green in regulation on 18th on Sunday at Bay Hill. You got to practice it. When you're playing with me, I don't care if you pick up that ball, spit shine it, you can gold (laughs) plate that thing, you can put it on a tee, whatever you want to do. It's slow enough as it is. I mean, that that is my biggest beef with it, that we just don't want to have more rules issues coming up. It was really frustrating to see Bryson take that drop on 16 from the sprinkler. Interesting. There, it wasn't in his line at all. Even um, the commentators were saying this was odd. Yes. So he gets pre-relief. And then Lee Westwood's in a divot and he doesn't get free relief. I think that's where a lot of people were like, okay, that's not fair at all. I thought that drop was very suspicious. Yes, it was. And I don't think it's gotten much attention. Um, If it was Patrick Reed, (laughs) he'd still be talking about it. It is very selective. But I don't think it got a lot of attention because the rules official went out there and like there was no controversy. He was like, yes, do it here, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, um, you know, Bryson is chipping or, or putting whatever he did down that hill. So I think that's why it didn't get more attention. There just wasn't a lot of juice there. But yeah, I think Roger Maltby was like saying, hmm, this one doesn't make sense to me. So if you don't get free drops the fairway, then you shouldn't get free drops from sprinkler heads. And you should Are you going to do a little whataboutism on me? <laughs> I'm just saying, if we want to play golf the way it's meant to be played, then you should, again, take rakes out of the bunker, not fix ball marks. I feel like fixing ball marks it takes the longest time out of everything. If people are, like, constantly fixing their spike marks and, you Well, know, not when the other guys or woman is about to putt. I mean, you shouldn't be doing it, like, do it before and then line up. There's a time and a place <laughs> for this stuff. I just... I, to introduce more rules in and to make it more cumbersome and... I mean, look, I assume this happened to you in tournaments where yes. you had to hit out of yes. a, a divot. 
Did you, you survive I have the not experience? Survived the experience. I quit playing golf because <laughs> I had to hit golf balls out of divots. It is the worst thing ever. Like you, you hit a great drive, you walk up and then your ball is in a divot. And it's because the other person didn't replace their divot or they didn't do what they were supposed to be doing. And then you're penalized for it. I don't think it's fair. And I think you should get a free drop. And the guys can speed up in other places in their game. Like they don't have to take a million seconds to line up a putt or to read a putt or to figure that out. Like, I don't know. I think if we really want to make golf back to what it is, let's get rid of the greens books. Yeah. Let's get rid of, you know, like there's so many other things that will probably make golf better. So it's like we sure. got to pick one route or the other. But if we're moving in that direction of changing everything and we have now, you know, distance devices, then you should get a free drop out of the fairway. Like, it's not like, let's figure it out. Like, come on. I can't believe I haven't convinced you. Give the viewers or listeners a little tip or maybe you can't. Tell them the opposite of what to do when they're trying to play out of a divot. Is there anything that good golfers try to do? They try to strike down on it more? What, what do they do? Well, it depends. So if the ball is in the front of the divot or in the back of the divot, you have to play a little bit differently. If it's a sand field divot, then you again have to play it differently. So if there's sand, if it's a sand field divot, then you play as if it's like a fairway bunker, Sean, you want to try to pick it clean. If it's in the back of the divot, you normally, you don't really have to do too much to it. If it's in the front of the divot, you really just need to hit down on it as hard as possible. Um, just be really aggressive with it. So you just have to be more aggressive. So hit down a little bit harder on it and it, it's not that hard to hit out of a divot. Thank you. But you're, it doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> but it's not great. Okay. It's not great. We're moving on to the next. Because you're, you're, you're making me change my mind. I, I, I don't this like argument. this. Exactly. I don't like this at all. <laughs> so I got to ask, is Jordan Spieth back? He's close. <laughs> I mean, he shot, he shoot 75 on Sunday, which it's one of those scores that sounds worse than it is. I yeah. mean, I think that was probably the average score on the course. And it's not like he imploded in the first three holes. He was, I think he was even par uh, and, and then had a few late foibles. He had an unfortunate three putt where he could have made an Eagle settled for a par. He's getting closer and closer. It's nice to see. Now he has a really spotty record at Sawgrass. So I don't think I'm not sure this is going to be his week, but man, when he gets the hole in one, when he gets the ace and he's hitting <laughs> bombs in from everywhere, I know you were smiling, right? I love the way Jordan plays because it's so relatable to how all of us play, except we don't make hole-in-ones and then yeah, 50 feet par putts. <laughs> but the fact that he is just like so wayward with it, always scrambling, like it is so much fun to watch him play. He even said in his post-round interview, he's like, it's exciting. Yeah, but I wish I could play some more boring <laughs> golf, which is fairways and greens. Right. And I relate to Jordan a lot because I don't hit a lot of fairways and greens, especially when I was playing professionally. And I, I understand the stress and the pressure that you have when you're standing on the tee box and you have no idea where the ball is going to go. And you don't even know if it's going right or left. You're just kind of standing up there and hoping that he hits, you hit it straight. And so I can see that he's probably mentally exhausted after all of his rounds of just like grinding constantly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I was not expecting him to play well this week uh, at the Arnold Palmer. It was a very difficult golf course, lots of water. You have to drive it, you know, fairly straight. And I'm surprised with how well he did play. And he does seem like he's trending in a really great direction. Again, I don't think he's going to play all that well at the players. It's a very difficult golf course, but he's looking really great for the Masters. Exactly. And by the way, Paige, 
if you need me to work with you on your ball striking a little <laughs> bit, I'm willing to help out. Just, just, just keep that in mind. Um, I totally agree with that take. And it is the masters is the, the one you get excited about now. So, you know, when we see the list of odds for the players championship, maybe he'll only be like 10th, but I feel like if, you know, we could look at the odds, the points bet outright winner odds for the masters. And that's where you would want to take him because it's so wide open there on most holes. Um, and again, he knows the place so well, it's almost like, I feel like Jordan is like Tiger when he goes into the Masters. Tiger is one shot better than everybody in the field just because of his knowledge, just because he knows where not to hit it, basically, and he knows those greens so well. And Jordan is probably at the point where he's a half shot better than the field, um, you know, for each round because he has that same knowledge and, and you know, he's studied it and, and walked those hills so many times. So it sets up great. Let's hope he keeps playing well. Um, yeah. We're in an amazing stretch of golf now, aren't we? I feel like every week is like seriously interesting reality TV. Before we take a break, what's one final thought you have about the Arnold Palmer Invitational? Bryson, 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 number six. And do you think next year he'll get a little bigger, a little stronger? Perhaps the wind will be, and he will literally try to drive that sixth green instead of, you know, bailing out a little bit to the right. Do you think he can uh, actually put something on the green? I think one day he definitely will, but I don't know how much bigger or stronger he can get. I mean, you can almost, you can only consume so much protein. I mean, he's probably <laughs> going to explode from the amount of protein he's consuming, uh, but it would be interesting to see. Do you have a final thought? I would say Rory again. We keep talking about Rory. Is he lacking the killer instinct? He doesn't seem <sighs> to be closing it out. We've talked yeah. about this before, but I think, again, we just keep, keep seeing him faltering towards the end where he's putting it together. He's stringing good rounds and all of a sudden it's just he's not winning or he'll have one round over par or, you know, what what's going on with Rory right now. So I think that's something we have to keep an eye out on. But we're going to take a break really fast and then we're going to preview the Players' Championship. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. 
But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. And we are back. We're about to talk about the players, but we need to clarify this before we get into any of the talk. Teddy, is it a fifth major or is it not? It is not a fifth major. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry. Not everybody can get behind the velvet ropes. There are four majors. And it's a, it's a great event, and Ricky Fowler won it, and Siwoo Kim, but those guys are not major champions yet. I'm sorry, Webb Simpson. It's not a, Oh, no, Webb Simpson won a U.S. Open, right? So he is a major champion. No, it is not a fifth major, and it should never be the fifth major. And I think it, if they change it now, it's going to be so confusing. So then it's like, do you call Ricky Fowler a major championship or major champion, or is he not a major champion? I don't know. And then it's like, Sorry, then Ricky. for the Grand Slam, does Tiger now have to go out and win all these players' championships? It's <laughs> like, would be really rough. It, when they, I, I, it's like, sorry, that's not a grand slam anymore. You have to win the fifth major, the players championship. I just don't think it's a, it's the fifth major. I don't know why it's still a discussion. It's a stupid discussion. Who was even trying to make it a thing? Who, who, who are these people who are advocating Ricky? Is Ricky the only person being like, it's a fifth major? <laughs> oh, God. I bet we know how Nick Faldo feels about, uh, about that argument. Maybe we'll get into that later with, with Ricky. But yeah, it's just, it's not. It's an amazing event. Um, I think the prize money probably stacks up to the other majors. Um, it is the PGA Tours signature event. It takes place at an amazing golf course. I've played it. I've covered it. Um, all good. But right, it, it, it's just it's just not. It, you have the Players Championship. You have the Tour Championship. You have these amazing events that, I'm sorry, do not count for Jack's 18 and Tiger's 15 majors. No. No, we'll just leave it at that. But Teddy, give us some insider knowledge on Sawgrass. I've never played there before. Oh, I, I have another one up on you in this podcast. <laughs> this is this is shocking. 
Um, I was down there to cover a bowl game in Jacksonville, Northwestern's bowl game. This is probably about 10 years ago. And, and we got on. So it was December. I remember the rough, like it was like yellow, um, how it is on those kind of Southern courses when they're out of season. And somebody had warned me before they said, you, you know, the course won't totally crush you if you play from the properties. So I can be a little bit stubborn and be like a play from the blues guy. But I think somebody in our group said, let's play from the whites. And we were all like, yeah, let's, <laughs> we're not trying to break any fucking course records here. Let, let's play from the whites. I remember playing well, having a great time. And most importantly, when we get to 17, the caddy says, it's Teddy, it's a 108 play and 120. And I said, perfect, because 120 is my pitching wedge. And I don't have to think about easing up on it or drawing it or choking down just a stock pitching wedge. And I hit it to about 15 feet. Of course, I had to leave myself about a five footer for par, but fortunately I made it. And just remember thinking this was a great round of golf, even better if you don't actually have to pay for it. <laughs> I, think I got some kind of a discount. So it wasn't 350 bucks or what it normally is. So at TPC Scottsdale, the course looks completely different without the stands, and especially hole 16. You get on hole 16 and you are almost disoriented because it looks nothing <laughs> like the hole 16 during the waste management. Right. And it, it, it's, it looks fly. It looks easy. It's probably one of the easiest par threes. And then I played it again with the stands up in the pro-am and I was shaking. I was terrified. The, the, the green looked different. Everything looked different. But you different. stuck it. But I stuck it. But I'm asking, how did 17 look compared to when all the stands were up, all the people were there? Were you expecting it to be harder? Did it look easier? Was the water still very intimidating? Yeah, I know. Knowing me, I'm such a ham. I was probably walking around like, you know, after I hit, yeah, the, probably. After I hit the green, I'm probably like doing some of this. I remember uh, it was so long ago that people were still using Blackberries and like Blackberries, they had a video function, but it, it was sketchy and it would like record in standard def. And then somebody recorded it and I was like, did you get it? Did you get it? Can you send it to me? Like these are all like new concepts kind of before iPhones or Whatever. Now I'm sounding super old. But I remember, um, yeah, just looking around and saying, this is amazing. I wish there was a crowd here to, to make me super nervous. And uh, 18, you get on that tee and you're like, wow, it looks like, you know, the fairway is this wide and the water is, you, know, you feel like you're just like off a cliff. So uh, a fun experience to play and so good for our purposes. Um, I think we're going to have a lot of fun bets out there this week. Yeah, so something that we do with points bet, which is really great, is name a bet. So if there isn't a bet out there, you can, as it says, you can name your own bet. So Teddy, what are some that we are proposing for this week? I want to do how many under, over under, how many balls in the water on 17? Oh, I love that. Yeah, I mean, this is the week to pull out all that stuff. Um, you and I have come up with some clever name of bets <laughs> lately, I feel. You had, you know, the oldest and younger player, youngest trying to make the cut last week. Um, I had, will anybody break 70 for all four rounds? Nobody was even close. <laughs> no. So I'm sorry for everyone who took that bet. The name of bet that I have proposed this week is what are the odds that Bryson will make two or more Eagles? You know, I mean, there are some Eagle holes out there, especially number 16. I, it has not been priced yet. I'm going to just guess five to one or six to one. What, what would be your prediction on what our odds are going to be for Bryson to make two Eagles during the week? 
I'm just picturing him trying to drive the green on 18, but like trying to do it in a way where he hits like a huge like banana slice. So it's like over the water yes. and just trying to make it the most like preposterous <laughs> thing possible. Cause that's the, what Bryson does. Yeah. Sure. I think, you know, it's hard because I, the, what the players, there's been so many different types of winners with so many different types of games that it's really hard yeah. to see who's going to play well I don't know if Bryson will play well. He seems to actually play well in pretty difficult golf courses. So um, it sets up well for him. I'm disappointed that Brooks pulled out. I was hoping that he was going to play. I miss having Brooks yeah. in the mix and playing well. I think he's good, also good for the game, too. He's great for the game. Kind of cocky bastard. And I love it. <laughs> the guy who's like the opposite of the golf nerd who never watches golf and you know, brings more of like a football basketball swagger to the game. Uh, I'm a big fan. So, um, so we got to come up with a good name of bet for you. If wait, which one did you say you're interested? Oh, over under on water balls. So if, if our guys can't price that out and they probably can, I have some other. Okay. Ideas yeah. I want to hear ready? that. Okay. Um, so Sergio Garcia and Ryan Moore have already made holes in one on, on uh, 17. What are the chances they will record their second ace out there? I bet that would pay pretty well. Uh, Fred Couples in 1999 on 17 hit one in the water and then hold out. So what are the chances that somebody makes another hole in three? I think that would be pretty cool. And then playing on the somewhat infamous Tiger Woods bet of will Tiger record a score of 10 or greater at the Masters, which of course happened at odds of 150 to one. Will anyone record a score of 10 or greater at the 17th hole? No, I think that's probably definitely going to happen. I mean, once oh. you're like one ball in the water, it just keeps going and going. Or we could do, um, if Bryson wins again, odds that he'll mention Tiger's name. <laughs> <laughs> I think the better odds that he'll mention you this time. Absolutely. I'm still surprised he hasn't unfollowed me. But I do want to talk about this really quickly because you mentioned it about Brooks having his like really cocky attitude. Why is it okay or why do people like Brooks and why is it okay when he does it, but it's not okay when Bryson does it? Like, why is it annoying when Bryson does it? You tell not okay me. With... Bryson I'm like thinking about that right now. Brooks. I just, gosh. <laughs> I, I love both. I just like guys who are different. And yeah. like Brooks is, he's just, he's got the strut. You know, you just feel like that is a guy I would put all my money on. Um, you know, sorry, Lee Westwood. But yeah, they're just some guys you feel confident in. And some guys you think are awesome guys and really good players, but not major champions. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff with Brooks. I mean, I still remember when he won the U.S. Open at Aaron Hills and Joe Buck had his, the name of his girlfriend wrong. <laughs> I thought that was that was a great Brooks moment. Um, so there's uh, the, the swagger and confidence is, uh, I think, very appealing in him. We'll definitely miss him this week for sure. Who are some players that kind of jump out at you? For this week, I, I've been looking and it's it, again, it's really hard to see like who, who we're yeah. going to like, who we want to pick. Some just off the top of my head that I was thinking was Jason Kokrak. I think Jason Day might play well. Russell Henley, Abe Answer, um, Siwoo Kim always seems to play well here. Um, there's just Fleetwood. I think you got to look at a lot of the European players, especially when the wind blows. They seem to have just better ball control, and these courses seem to set up um, more towards their game than the American players. Uh, I never take Jason Kokrak because I'm afraid I'm going to mispronounce his name. <laughs> um, so that's probably why I, I veer away from him. 
Um, are you ready to jump off the Victor Hovland train? Because you had him last week and he really, he didn't do anything for you. I noticed you didn't mention him this time. You know, I've been doing so well. And then that Saturday hits me hard. <laughs> uh, Hovland was playing really solid going into Saturday. And then I think he shot like six, seven over and then also had a bad. It was a higher than that. I stopped, no, I don't know. I stopped like looking. And then on Sunday, he also had another <laughs> shitty round of golf. So, you know, I'm not feeling too confident with my picks because, again, I've been doing so great. And then Saturday hits and it just yep. but I'll never yeah. I'll never choose Bryson, even if I think he's going to win. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Whatever you're texting these guys Friday night or Saturday morning <laughs> is really backfiring. So I would start yeah. to do the opposite. Um, just looking at the points bet outright odds right now. It's interesting. So Dustin Johnson is the highest at plus eleven hundred, which is eleven to one. Normally in these events, somebody is. You know, seven to one, eight to one, nine to one. Dustin, before he pulled out of one of those events, was like plus 350. So, man, it just goes to show you how kind of packed the top of this field is. There's no dominant guy. Dustin's at 11, Bryson at 12, Rory 13, John Rahm 15. I did notice um, that uh, Jason Sobel tweeted this out. If you're looking for a trend for the players, start with uh, recent form. Every winner over the past decade, finished 22nd or better in his most recent start. So that was kind of interesting. If I had to pick a guy at this moment, it would be Colin Morikawa at 20 to one. The way that guy hits irons, man. Yeah. He is uh, ready for more greatness. So we'll be giving our picks on the range. You can find that under points bets, YouTube. And also guys, don't forget about my points bet daily make it rain contest that I'm running. It's going until selection Sunday. I'm releasing my game of the day every day at noon Eastern. When you place a bet of $50 on the spread of the game of the day, you receive $3 in free bets for every three-pointer your team hits. So download PointsBet, sign up with my code PAGE, and there's so much more on there. I had to read that one off of it because I, I always fuck it up. So I was like, I'm going to be prepared this time because I'm a professional, Teddy. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> You're a total amateur when it comes to the page. Your own make it rain promo. I mean, come on. Place a $50 spread bet on either side and root for your team to make it rain. Get $3 in free bets for every three-pointer your team hits. I mean, how come I do the page make it rain promo better than you do? Talking's hard for me, okay? It's the free and the three, and that just, like, really messes me up. But anyways, guys, go download points bet. Check it out. A lot of fun stuff on there. We are going to take a quick break and get in some juicy topics of the week. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. 
Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Teddy, you know my favorite movie of all time is Space Jam. And you made fun of me about this, but it's still the best movie of all time, the original Space Jam. And they are making Space Jam 2. And there has been some debate about the new Lola Bunny. The director wanted her to be less sexy and to be seen as more strong. So... What they decided to do was take away all of her femininity. She has no curves and her outfit is long basketball shorts with compression shorts and a baggy shirt. I took so much offense to this and see it as being (laughs) extremely problematic. They're basically insinuating that you can't be sexy and also strong. And to be seen as strong, you have to look more masculine Mm -hmm. and you can't show off your body. You can't show off your curves. And I hated that. I don't like what they're trying to say with this new Lola bunny. Wow. How do I, uh, how do I, (laughs) Uh, I am a red blooded American male. I, I love curves. (laughs) I also uh, have great respect for women's bodies that are super athletic and not curvy. So great either way. I thought it was very amusing that you took offense to that. And I think the vast, vast, vast majority of your followers agree with your take. Um, So, yeah, I am going to just let you riff on that one and kind of not chime in because I appreciate all women's bodies, Paige. Well, and I think that is what we need to look at is all women can be strong and sexy and empowered in their own way. And by basically 
taking the breasts off. I mean, it's a cartoon character. It's like, what the fuck are we actually talking about here? <laughs> but taking uh, the boobs off of Lola Bunny, uh, you're saying that that it, you can never see, be seen as strong that way. And so for women who have large breasts, it's like, what do we do about that? Are we never going to be seen as respect, respectable or as strong? And I didn't like that. And you look at her in the original movie and she was a fucking badass. Like she balled out and she looked good. And I love the fact that she gave it back to, I feel like a complete lunatic right now that I'm <laughs> over like a cartoon character. And I was like, when Lola Bunny gave it back to Bugs Bunny in the <laughs> Like, what is my world come to? <laughs> like, I'm crying, oh. thinking of myself getting messed, like, I'm actually genuinely upset about this. Oh, my God. <laughs> but when Lola Bunny gave it back to Bugs Bunny, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she was like, don't call me babe, and, like, walked off after she bawled out. Like, that was an empowering moment for, like, you know, three-year-old Paige watching this. I was like, that's cool. Like, you can be strong and sexy and, like, <laughs> do whatever you want to do. And I love that. I just don't like this new direction. I think it's lame. And yeah. you don't have to, like, appease everyone. And especially today, too, it's um, International Women's Day. And I see a lot of women on social media saying certain things about, you know, like, all women are great. All women are powerful. All women are beautiful. But then they don't practice what they preach. And then they turn around and look at me and they're like, all women are great, but you, because you show cleavage and you use your body to your advantage. So we don't, we don't like you. You're not empowering us. You're actually holding us back in our feminism. And I'm like, whoa, okay, that's not fair. And like, why can't Lola Bunny be sexy too? Like, why, why do they have to like change her? Like, that's how she originally was. Why do you have to change it? Why did she have to get a breast reduction? Why is cancel culture got inside the bra right now? What's going on? Look, you are showing you can wear glasses. You cannot wear glasses. You can have, I mean, are you going to, are you going to address this? The glasses look great. What, what inspired them today? Oh, so I am blind and I ah. can't see without my glasses. <laughs> so I will um, wear them when I would like to be able to see. But I can wear, I can wear glasses if I want to wear glasses. I can, you know, wear whatever I want to wear. But no, I, this thing is so stupid. It's like cancel culture. It's like Lola Bunny from 96 is now being canceled. It's like, what is that about? Like, why do we care so much? Yet I'm here ranting about a cartoon. <laughs> why do we care? So <laughs> why much? do we care so much? Yet here I am <sighs> caring and being outraged by this. But I'm still going to watch it. I mean, if LeBron ruins Space Jam for me, I will forever hate him. Oh, do you already going into it? How do you feel about LeBron? I don't mind LeBron. I don't have a, a strong opinion either way. I met him once and he was really nice to me. Um, I again, I'm not like a big NBA fan. So I, again, don't have like a strong opinion either way, which is surprising because I usually have a strong opinion on everything. <laughs> I am very pro LeBron. He had the one screw up with the decision that was totally mishandled. Other than that, I mean, this guy grew up single mom, you know, borderline homeless. I mean, there was a stretch like he couldn't go to school for a couple months. Like he had a rough coming up and he's done almost everything right. And he does so much great stuff for kids and opening schools. And what a baller too. I mean, he's not lethal from like 30 feet out. So all respect to LeBron, probably a bad actor. 
are those guys expected to be good actors in that movie? Yeah. Like, I, I half watched Space Jam once. Like, it's your number one movie, and I've barely even seen the thing. I'm speechless. Like, I am actually speechless. You have to, that, this is your homework assignment before next week's podcast, is you have to sit down and watch Space Jam in its entirety. No distractions, no phone, no nothing. And you just have to enjoy the masterpiece that it is. Okay. Uh, if I'm going to do that, you are going to watch like my maybe three favorite episodes of The Simpsons. You're not a Simpsons person, right? I It was a little before my time, so I didn't oh, know. Really? Oh, really? The show, they're still making oh. new ones. You can act like you're 19 years old or something? No, I, <laughs> I never really got into The Simpsons. It's not that I like have anything against cartoons. Like, I love cartoons. Bob's yeah. Burgers is one of my favorites. Bob's Burgers is a very Arch funny teddy really in that good. show. Yes. There's so many really great ones. Family never, Guy, yeah. Big Mouth. So I'll, I will watch The Simpsons. You have to give me your three favorite episodes. And then next week, we will discuss our findings. Right. Everybody wants March Madness, but no, we're talking. Space Jam and Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, gosh. Well, I can't wait to watch The Simpsons, but we got to do some TNA right now. Question of the day is, as a dad of two gorgeous little girls, I am petrified of them growing up and going through all of the abuse that you deal with. When I was growing up, there wasn't any social media, just bullying from people you knew. <laughs> what advice would you give a father of two blonde-haired, blue-eyed little girls who are going to grow up in a world dominated by social media? Oh, that's a good wow. question. Are you answering that or am I answering that? You're answering that. I think we can both answer it because you you have two little girls. So I think you can give it to the perspective of a father. So I'll let you lead this one off and then I'll give my perspective. Yeah. Interesting. Tough one. So my wife and I generally agree on most aspects of parenting, but I think we're a little apart on whether my kids can get Instagrams. So Elle is my oldest. So she's 12 and a half. And I am generally more in favor of a yes, allowing kids to get an Instagram, monitoring it. Because I think if you say no, then there's going to be a temptation <laughs> to do the secret Instagram. Exactly. So like I grew up in a house where we had snacks and sweets and ice cream all over the place. And now like I could go a week without eating dessert. But my wife grew up in a house, you know, with no sugared cereals and no sweets. And she can be a bit of an animal. When it comes to dessert, your wife and I need to sit down and talk about this. We do like a little right, did you grow sugar up like anonymous because <laughs> I grew up with no sugar. And now like that's I mean, obviously I talked about it last week, but that's my biggest thing. Like I, I can't go without it. Yes. Yes. So I, I am eager for your advice on this subject. Uh, I mean, I mean, I guess the number one thing is like you always, as a parent, tell your kids how smart they are and how beautiful they are. And if somebody doesn't like you, just say, fuck them and find somebody who uh, who does like you. If that person doesn't want to be your friend, why would you want to be their friend? So that's one to grow on, Paige. What a, what's your thought? How old are your kids? 12 and 9. Okay, so the 12-year-old's starting to get into the whole social media. I'm sure oh, all of her so friends much, have it. Yeah, and, so much TikTok. And um, <laughs> I don't I don't think she's Snapchatting, but I'm sure it'll be soon. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I first off want to say that regardless of hair color, eye color, skin color, whatever you look like, 
you're the beauty standard, traditional beauty standard or you're not, you're going to get hate regardless of what it is. And they're just, it's just different. And with me, I think that I don't want to say that you have to accept it because you should never have to endure or accept hate, but you have to understand where it's coming from and why they're saying what they're saying. So when I get a lot of hate, it used to really bother me and I took it personally and it mostly just played off of my insecurities. So when people would attack my golf game, it was because it hurt more because I didn't believe in myself and I thought I was a bad golfer and it really got to me. Or people talked about the way I was using my body. I was insecure because I didn't think anyone was going to take me serious in the golf industry. If anyone talked about my weight, it's because I'm insecure about my weight. And so I had to become more secure in myself. And so I think that's a really great lesson for parents is if their kids are getting social media is to continue to continuously to like build them up and yeah. tell them how great they are and to take a second to do self-care and self-love and do it as a family maybe stand in front of the mirror and say one thing you like about each other and they have to say something they like about themselves but i think if you're going to have your kids get social media you have to understand that there's a lot of good that comes from it but there's a lot of bad as well and so if your kid seems to be a little bit more distant yeah. or emotional, or if they're telling you that these things are happening, you have to understand those emotions and not just call them a drama queen or say you're being dramatic or it's not that serious and really understand and take the time to understand social media and why they're feeling that way. I think that was hard for me when I first got social media. My parents had no idea at all about what it is, nothing. And so I would say certain things and they didn't understand it until they finally got social media themselves. And when I was talking about DM, they knew what a DM was. So get like right on top with all of the lingo, understand everything. And I think also just being like understanding too. I was so scared of ever talking to my parents about anything because I grew up in more of like a strict household. Yep. So we didn't eat sugar. I, you know, didn't know what alcohol was. And, you know, with everything, it was like, I was pretty sheltered and I was so scared to talk to my parents. So just make, make sure that you're being more open and understanding to like, the generational differences. It's not a bad thing and never make it a bad thing. And then when it comes to hate, if you're getting hate online, you have to realize that the person that is talking to you or saying those hateful things, they hate themselves more than you hate yourself or anything that they're saying to you. Like they despise the person that they are and they have to go out of their way to make you feel bad. So if anything, you should have pity towards them and want to help them and not take anything they say personally. And I know that's easier said than done. And it's taken me five long years to finally figure that out. But I'm at a place now that hate does not bother me one bit. I laugh at it. I think it's funny. Like I love social media for what it is. And it is, it is what it is. Like if you go on Twitter, you know that you're going to get the most bizarre reactions to a normal tweet and you have to accept that. Like it just, it is what it is. And you just can't take it as personally as I think a lot of people do. It's a great lesson. Absolutely. As somebody who has like never even been tempted to like rip somebody on social media who I don't know, <laughs> I exactly, I don't get it. Um, but I think you explained it well. I mean, I, I have no issues with insecurity. So maybe that's why I would never be tempted to rag on anybody. Um, and I, I think what you said too is really powerful in terms of, right, don't dismiss what's going on with your kids. And think about how rough it would be like, you know, let's say for me, when I was a kid, if I wasn't invited to a party, all right, that would kind of suck. 
but I didn't have to then see about, you know, see it on Instagram, see yeah. three of my five best friends, you know, posting stories on it. So think about how much rougher that would have been. So I do, I think uh, a little sympathy probably goes a long way. Well, I think something that's really harmful that not a lot of people talk about, especially for young girls is filters and the beauty standard that's that you see on social tough. media and how it's not realistic. Exactly. And so I will see a lot of girls um, and models and actresses. I know what they've had done to their faces, whether it's plastic surgery or filters or editing. And not only that, but the filters that they have now that you can use are so realistic. But there's Facetune, which is, you know, like Photoshop. And but you can literally put a filter on your face that can change your your bone structure clear your skin up, make you smooth, and no one will know that you're using a filter. And that is the most harmful thing for young girls. And you look at these celebrities and when they're confronted by it, they lie about it. And they say, I've never had work done. I don't use filters and I don't Photoshop my body. And those are three huge lies. And so if you have young girls and they're looking at pictures on social media, and even I feel this way, you have to remember that is not real life. That is not what people look like. There, there's you Girls have skin texture. They don't have tiny little waists and like everything is not real. And so, oh my God, I'm going to go back and completely change what I said about Lola Bunny. <laughs> but maybe that's a good thing that, you know, like that's not the beauty standard that you can be seen as, you know, still feminine if you don't have curves. But it's like, where where is it for both sides? And I think that's something that's really important. It goes back to that conversation. But again, whatever you see on social media is not real. And so I used to edit my body and my face and do a lot with Facetune. And I've decided to stop doing that because I don't want to contribute to that. And even now I like, I really try not to use filter filters unless it's like sometimes like a smoothing one, but I do the least amount as I possibly can. Sometimes you feel like you have to do it to keep up with everyone else because you have the most beautiful women in the world then editing their faces and using filters to make them even more beautiful. So it's hard and it's difficult. But I think if you have young girls, sit them down, show them, you know, the difference of like what a what a woman looks like in real life and then what they look like on Instagram and how much you can change it. Cause I think that's one of the most important things for parents to show their young daughters. Yeah. Follow people who are like, quote unquote, real. Um, like I'm thinking Chrissy Teigen, just because I love her personality and she's so mm-hmm. fun and outrageous and all that. Like, I don't know if she uses face tuners or if she's had stuff done. She strikes me as somebody who is posting like authentic pictures. So follow people like that who yeah, are not trying to follow this like impossible beauty standard and we're totally fake. We, we, we need less of that in the world. I would say probably 95% of influencers, actresses, or anyone in the public eye has had something done in one way or another. Yeah. And they are editing their body and using filters. And so I think even for guys too, like I know when I've edited my body in an unrealistic way or used a filter and guys will go out and be like, oh, you look so naturally beautiful. So I think guys even need to realize that that's Uh not the beauty standard and women in real life don't look like that either. Um, So I mean, we could spend hours talking about this. And I think that's something that we should definitely talk about in the future. But today, I want to thank you for sharing your perspective as a father and navigating having two young girls, I know it's definitely not easy because I think about how I was when I was 12 and 
it only gets worse. (laughs) (laughs) Paige loved your message, loved the glasses, and uh, I'll get those Simpsons episodes to you. So we'll, uh, we'll both have some homework for next week. Well, I can't wait. I want to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to write us in more TNA questions at our Instagram account, which is at playing around or email us at par at iheartradio.com. We love hearing from you guys. You always give us the best questions. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode and you'll find us here again another time later. I messed it up again. I, I've been doing so good a couple weeks in a row and then I messed up the ending. But you guys get the point. We'll see you again. Bye. iHeartRadio is now number one for podcasting. Tune in each week as we feature different podcasts from the iHeartRadio app. Discover your next favorite podcast from over 250,000 available right now by downloading the free iHeartRadio app. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.